Hi, everybody, and welcome to another great episode of the Infrastructures Code podcast. My name is Ohad Meislich, and today we have an amazing guest coming from PagerDuty, Mandy Walls. Hi, Mandy. How are you? I'm all right, Ohad. How are you? I'm doing well. Actually, today the recording is done on January 10th, which is a very, very happy day for the open source community. Uh, we are involved in Open Tofu, the yeah. uh, open source fork of Terraform. And today we just announced a couple of hours ago uh, the GA version of Open Tofu. So it's now production ready. So today I'm very, very excited about what's going on with the Linux Foundation and CNCF and Open Tofu and the future of infrastructure as code. Yeah, How that's super exciting. <laughs> I'm seeing folks like put out their, their first uh, PRs and and information about yep. that. And there's some webinars and stuff coming from various places. So super excited to see where that project gets to. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. For those who are not aware of PagerDuty, can you say a few words on what is PagerDuty? Yeah, it, it, it does what it says on the tin, right? Like it started out as an incident response, incident management sort of platform. It's the thing that's going to wake you up in the middle of the night when your stuff isn't working the way it's supposed to. Uh, since then, we've expanded a bit more. We also have some automation products and some other things that we're working on. But that's what we're most known for is uh, is the, the thing Making that you wakes out. you up. Yep. <laughs> Don't hate the page or hate the game. I, it's okay. I had the honor of being uh, called in the middle of the night a few times. Uh, sometimes even need to drive to the office. Those are the worst days. The, yeah. To restart the server, physical server that was, uh, that was down. So... Yeah, I remember that day. It was uh, heavily raining. Oh, uh, of course, yeah. always. Yeah, <laughs> the worst weather. Cool. And and your background besides that is uh, you've done a lot of things in uh, Chef, right? Yeah, before I joined PagerDuty in 2020, I spent eight and a half years at Chef. So I was like employee 51 or 52 at Chef. So I spent a lot of time there doing, um, at the beginning, everything, but then um, professional services and, and community stuff there at the end. So um Spent a, spent a lot of time working with the chef community and our customers there and helping them with their infrastructure as code journeys. But, uh, yeah. So let's let's talk about the infrastructure as code journey. As you've seen a, a very important phase of that journey while working at Chef. Yeah. I remember Chef and Puppet and, and Ansible, all of those uh, really changed the way that DevOps engineers work. Uh, can, can you share about what you've seen and how you see the next uh, or like the past, the present and the future, uh, starting with your background in Chef? Yeah. So actually, before I joined Chef, I was a, a systems administrator for large web properties at AOL. So I came in from the operations side. And at that time, so we're talking, talking 20 years ago now, right? Oh, my gosh. But like everything you had to manage your systems with is probably homegrown. It was a bunch of, in our case, bash scripts. And we had one weird essay who wrote his stuff in like seashell, but like he was the only one doing that. And you were maintaining these things in very awkward ways. And there'd be like a directory on all the hosts that had these shell scripts in them. And they'd be named like use this dot sh or don't use that this dot sh underscore bak and like crazy stuff like that. And Chef and Puppet came on the on the scene, and, and CF Engine had been there for a while, but I think we gained more interest in it as Chef and Puppet got bigger because you could do things a little bit more rationally, and they'd be a little bit more portable, 
you had more of a common language rather than my bash scripts and your bash scripts and they're trying to you know work together and you then had this common component you could work around via the the chef recipes and puppet modules and all that kind of stuff you know, do a little bit better job of sharing those things around so that if i wrote a tomcat package you could use it without a whole lot of strife and and, and trouble and some folks got there, some folks didn't. When I joined Chef, like a lot of our initial work was sort of bringing folks along that that journey to try and say, you know, you don't have to keep all these bash scripts and all this old stuff around. It's okay. Like it's going to be a little bit more flexible for you to take this journey and get into some of these new practices. And for a lot of folks, it was completely different, not only because, you know, I think a lot of folks internalize the idea that writing bash isn't really coding and it, bash is his own esoteric thing is very much coding but for folks to then step from that into say ruby which is what chef was built in like that's a that's a big step for a lot of folks to take so we did a lot of like ruby training right we had a module just enough ruby for chef so that you know folks would be more comfortable operating in the environment to get what they needed to do because they were used to for loops and things like that and bash and how does that work in ruby keep those things in mind um and yeah, like a lot of folks hadn't really sat down to think about sort of in the abstract how you want to manage your infrastructure, how you want to manage these environments in a way that's going to help you going forward. Because at the same time, like everything is expanding and some of the places we worked were going from just a few little systems that were there to run the main web page to like all of a sudden you've got a mobile app and like all this other stuff, people are managing their accounts online, especially in things like financial services and like insurance where everything had been face to face. You go to talk to your insurance agent and now you're doing everything online and that stuff had to come from somewhere. And the folks that were running all that stuff had no idea what they were going to do because we had never done it before. So there was a lot of, it was a huge learning curve for a lot of folks. And we tried to make chef in particular as, easily approachable as possible we try to be as friendly as possible because you know like part of this is is i'll say trauma for a lot of folks like it was a a definite shift to the way they were doing their job and maybe things that they hadn't anticipated having to know and it was it was a whole journey and some folks are, are still on it so good luck to all of them yeah i could i i couldn't agree more i think the journey is to become more and more uh, a developer Mm-hmm. or the balance between doing uh, programming and operations. You, yes. you know, I, I remember back then, uh, 24 years ago, if I may say, uh, I remember you have those that only know how to click a button mm-hmm. or to put, the cable, to put the cables in the router and the switches and things like that. Then they started doing bash scripts and, 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 and PowerShell and VB scripts and whatever you can find different platforms and they became more and more professional in progr- programming. As you mentioned, Ruby is another uh, phase of uh, uh, automation. And I think this started to gradually uh, you know, to see less clicks mm-hmm. and more code being written. You've mentioned Tomcat for those who are not aware, uh, Tomcat for uh, uh, Java applications. This is, you know, Chef configuration management really helping configuring that the application because yeah. the infrastructure back then I think was pretty simple with the monolith. So you needed one virtual machine 
or physical server yeah. uh, that runs Tomcat and one SQL database. And that's that was basically your app. But nowadays with cloud native and microservices, the applications became way more way more complicated. Yeah. Uh, so configuration management is, is not enough. And then you have infrastructure as code, multi-cloud Terraform or Pulumi or Crossplane or OpenTofu and cloud specific like uh, CloudFormation and in our templates, how do you see the combination of using something like Chef and configuration management and infrastructure as code, such as uh, OpenTofu, Terraform, CloudFormation? How do you see the engineers today handling both technologies? Yeah, I think we're at the point of the, the evolution where fewer folks are bringing their uh, Chef and Puppet stuff forward into their new environments. Like, I think we're at a point where Terraform and Pumi and some of these other components are working better in the cloud native environment than what Chef and, and Puppet was sort of built for because they weren't were they were both like basically built pre cloud right like it's kind of got started there in a time where we're still managing um, VMs mostly right in a lot of these places and and coming up into even when we got to containers the first level we're kind of struggling with what does that look like for something like Chef and how do you actually apply that? Do you need to, if all you're doing is building container that you're just going to keep rebuilding when you need to anyhow? So I think for most folks in, in larger environments, you probably still have that monolith running somewhere like PagerDuty does. Some of our stuff is still in the monolith. And as it continues to devolve, fewer and fewer things get managed with the older tools and more and more things move forward. And I think too, where some of the shortcomings were in the, the, older environments is like you are still dependent on other expertise for managing the other things that you need like you can manage at the vm level and it just it was always a struggle to get drivers or or libraries or whatever you want to call it to to manage the the soft the other software as a service pieces the, the like storage as a service and network as a service like those components and have that be a really strong part of what you're managing. And now as we see in, for folks who are managing all this stuff with Terraform, it's just one more stanza in your module. It's just one more component that you're adding for all of the things that you need there. And it was um, just a lot harder in the last generation of tools to get all that stuff supported well. Okay, let's, let's talk more about that. So you see your customers and the DevOps and SRE engineers uh, having more and more responsibility yeah. and uh, aware and becoming professionals in more and more frameworks, tools, and and solutions. And your goal as the incident management is to reduce the number of uh, of incidents. Yeah. Now, so let's, I want to switch and talk about confidence and governance. So let's say I'm an organization and a customer of uh, PagerDuty and I obviously want to reduce the number of uh, incidents. And I'm using infrastructure as code. I'm using, uh, let's say, Terraform. What do you see that your customers are doing in order to reduce the number of incidents? What kind of policy mechanisms do you see nowadays that those engineers are doing? And did it change somewhat uh, due to the fact that they're using less clicks and more code? I think there's an evolution there because like what we what we see with the folks who are most successful in like managing their production environments isn't really any different than it ever was like the more testing you have the more abilities you have to do good integrations 
and that stuff before that your code gets to production are going to help you more just right off the bat. And we see a lot of folks have had to put some resources into maturing that part of their process to manage what happens when they get into production. So that's, of course, part of your first steps there. The next piece is come into um, sort of maturation around what you're actually seeing in your code in production. And part of that is going to be getting better at dealing with your telemetry out of your cloud environment. Part of that is also looking at, you know, what your customers seeing versus what you actually see in the system. Because these might be two different things, right? Your customers might have an experience that's very degraded, even though most of your telemetry says things are all right. Because there's some other thing that you're not even looking at that they're not see- that you're not seeing. So we see a lot of folks have to um, sort of refocus, right? And get a different lens on their production environments as you're moving into this more complex system, especially for microservices where, you know, as we look at the evolution of like things like observability and tracing and all that kind of stuff, the whole customer experience across lots of different microservices is completely different than what it was when you're in the monolith and everybody knows where all the code is going. And so having um, sort of better telemetry across all of your resources is a place where we find folks are starting to start out with a struggle, right? Like how, what do I need to know out of these components? Cause you haven't had to monitor them in the past. So uh, yeah, that we see folks like start out with a lot more alerts than they need and then pick out the ones that actually impact the customer and say, oh, this one is what we need. This is the one that's going to tell us that there's a problem here. Yeah. So yeah, eventually whatever you do, you're going to have those those incidents and you can handle those happen, manually. Sure. It always happens. Uh, you can handle those manually or you can have a more efficient automated process yep. about uh, reducing the mean time to recover the MTTR and other important metrics to your, uh, eventually your customers. That's the most important thing to, to think about. Uh, we want to talk more about automation and how PagerDuty is doing around that, or maybe this is related to Rundeck. Uh, I think it's a company you, you acquired as PagerDuty. What, what do you think about automation and incidents? Yeah, that's... This is where lots of exciting work is going on. Um, like you said, we PagerDuty acquired Rundeck in late 2020. And for folks who are have been in like the sort of DevOps accessory space for a while, maybe you've heard of Rundeck. They've been around for years as an independent project. Um, but it's an automation platform that allows you to sort of uh, export, delegate uh, kinds of jobs to other people. So my you know cloud engineers can can give my application engineers access to things that they wouldn't necessarily have access to know how to, to run. So you can automate all kinds of stuff in the Rundeck platform. And we've been taking advantage of that on the PagerDuty side, because like you say, like there is lots of opportunity when you know what an incident is, you know what an alert looks like, and it appears a lot, like there's less and less need to have a human being involved in that. So we took a look at some of our alerts a couple of years ago and like, okay, well, look, some significant amount of them are page a human and then they're resolved in under five minutes. And that's not, that's not deep, like what's going on, deep troubleshooting, that kind of, it's like somebody either knows what's going on there and can fix it or they're ignoring it. So they know what's going on there and they can fix it. That should be automated. You should never have that human being involved in that at all. You are wasting their time. So we're... You're wasting their time, and you're you're also, uh, you know, 
adding risks. Absolutely, because they could do something to wrong your own processes. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So, like you say, to reduce those risks, to reduce the the uh, likelihood of a mistake or something being mistyped, or you put the command in the wrong window, or any of those other things that human beings tend to do when they're under stress. I've never done any of those. Never, never accidentally done something as root that you shouldn't have or anything like that. Um, to minimize all of those things, you want more automation. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed in some of the things I've done in the past, but uh, we all have. that's we another have. that's another topic. We all have. So yeah, you want automation there to to make sure that <laughs> that you don't put your your 3 a.m. human brain in front of a, an alert that really could just be done by by some code there. So yeah. We talk about automation and less uh, manual clicks, uh, and it feels like it goes beyond just infrastructure and managing your AWS or Azure. Yeah. Uh, I think PagerDuty, as an example, like many other SaaS vendors, uh, have their own telephone provider in order to manage, configure, and use basically your solution in a different approach uh, compared to the classic approach of just clicking a button. Can you, can you share about how your users are actually using your product? Yeah. What we've seen with our biggest accounts is that you see the sort of separation of duties that you see in other places that are sort of embracing sort of platform engineering and SRE mindsets where you've got some folks who are going deep on those infrastructure components, whether it's your cloud, and the other things you're dependent on, your monitoring, your metrics, all that stuff. And they are sort of independent of your application engineers who are writing application code. And like looking at the number of modules and stuff that are currently available in Terraform is astounding. Like there's just so many things in there that you wouldn't have necessarily thought about when Terraform was first launched that, oh, that's, you can totally, but if you've got an API in front of it, you can manage it with Terraform. So that's our approach to it. We have an API, for our, uh, the, there's a REST API for the components in your PagerDuty account, your schedules, your people, your teams, all that stuff. And then that has a Terraform provider in front of it. And our biggest accounts, when they've got hundreds of teams and thousands of services and all this stuff going on, you don't want to manage any of that by hand. Like that is just a, an enormous job of, of trying to put does, all that it stuff It doesn't together. scale. It does not scale. Absolutely does. does not scale. And even trying to build your own stuff against our API, that's a lot of resources to, to put together too. And that and that to think about dedicating that same work to n number of other SaaS components you might have in your environment, it's like you'd need it you'd need two or three whole teams to do that. So Terraform provides us fortunately with like a, a lingua franca across all of the sort of secondary SaaS components in your that are still I still think of them as infrastructure. Like it's not the CPUs and this the network that your applications are running on, but there's still your production. There's still production, production environment. And so pushing yeah. all of them with the same the same tooling, right? Your same screwdriver that you work on everything else with, um, has really helped some of our largest customers keep all of their stuff, you know, working well in, in PageDuty. So yeah, we we have a full time developer who maintains that for us now. Uh, you know, this is the Infrastructure as Code podcast, but my, my day job is uh, CEO of uh, of Zero. I usually don't mention much about Zero in this podcast, but I just want to say, you know, our one-liner is really related to what 
you just said, M0 is managing infrastructure as code at scale with confidence. So that's pretty much what uh, you just described yeah. on how your customers are using infrastructure in their organizations. Uh, super interesting, you know, your background from Chef and PagerDuty and working with infrastructure folks and their ongoing challenges uh, and new technologies that they need to learn yeah. and uh, unlock the full potential of what's going on there is, uh, is fascinating. Mandy, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a true pleasure. And thank you everybody for listening to another episode of the Infrastructure's Code podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you.